This is Lauren Gracie, and you're listening to the Go and Tell podcast. Thank you so much for joining today for the Go and Tell podcast with Lauren Gracie. I have a sweet, precious, dear friend, Alexia Griffin, today to talk with us. Um, she and I met through our life group, and we will talk about all the fun um, ways that she came to Texas. She, it's included in her testimony, and she's got such a powerful story. So, Alexia, go ahead and take a minute and introduce yourself. Well, hello, I am Alexia Griffin, and um, I am the founder of She Glows for Christ Ministries. Um, it is a ministry that is fairly new. We are babies and I'm just on fire right now for God, on fire to get this ministry off the ground, to be able to connect with other women who are on fire for God and just grow and glow together. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So tell us a little bit more about how, okay, well, before we get into the She Glows ministry, because I do want to talk about that a lot, um, but let's kind of back up for a second. First, you have a mom to two kids and you have a, um, your husband, y'all have been married a few years now, but let's kind of, yeah, let's back up and talk about kind of your walk with the Lord. How did it all begin and where did it all start? Oh, okay. So, um, my testimony, I would like to say hindsight being 2020 started even before I was born. Um, I was not supposed to make it into this world. I was one of those kids who were supposed to be aborted. Um, and it's nothing, you know, on my mom. My mom is a great mother. However, she just found herself in a situation with a man who was not ready to be a husband or a father. And at that time, being young, aborting a baby was the best option. However, God saw, looking back, that there's something that I need from this child, so you need to have her. And yet again, I run into another altercation as a baby where I was born premature. I was born at one pound and nine ounces. I was born among six other preemies, which four of them have passed away. And me and another um, little girl were the only ones that made it. So as I look back and I, and I really evaluate, even from my conception to, to, to my birthing stage, there was something that God was doing. There was something that God um, had planned already for my life that he needed to see for, you know, come, come to fruition. And I guess that's my life plan. I need to see too. I need to understand why is it that out of all the babies, the one that was able to fit inside of a palm was the one that survived. Um, but fast forward, I didn't grow up Christian. I did not have, you know, conversations about the goodness of Jesus at the dinner table. I actually had my pick of the litter. I had a Jehovah witness as a babysitter. I saw Farrakhan speak at different speaking engagements. I went to Catholic school, <laughs> you know, I, um, I had the pick of the litter and even in all of that, I still, I didn't want to just choose anything. I, it wasn't a conversation for me to choose anything. It was just life, the way of life. You just are involved with different people of different religion of different race. And that was it. And, um, I think the biggest turning point as a child was when my dad left. Um, I was 10 years old and it is 
at even at 28, something that is still very traumatizing, even though I have um, overcome it, just looking back at it, that is the start of my daddy issues. Mm -hmm. That is the start of my abandonment issues. That is the start of misplaced anger and rage that is literally the main focus of my testimony because that anger and rage put me in so many situations where I look back and I'm like, if I only actually knew who God was, I could have been saved from that. If I knew Jesus Christ, I could have been saved from that. Um, but yeah, my mom, she grew up in a two family home. She grew up with a father in her life. So she didn't even know how to really console me or talk to me about what was going on with me. So it ended up just being bottled up at 10 years old. It ended up um, growing as well, growing to a point where I was just angry at everyone. I was angry at everything. I got kicked out of schools, fighting, um, kicked out of basketball games. I was a basketball player, so kicked out of basketball games. And it, it, was, it was really bad to the point where they wanted, well, not they wanted, they did send me to anger management. I was the, probably the youngest kid in anger management because nobody really knew what was going on with me. Nobody knew how to even help me as well. And along with my anger issues, I wanted to attach myself to someone, someone to love me and not make me feel like I'm unwanted or not make me feel like um, I'm not worthy enough of your attention. So I guess you can fast forward that into college. So now I'm actually looking for that. Now I'm looking for a man to be what my father wasn't. Now I had a stepdad in my life. I had a really great stepdad. He raised me. Um, he was really important to me and I do love him as a father, but it's always that underlying um, difference between your stepfather and your real father. And it's something subconscious, like you can't you know, separate the two. So I was looking for my real father's um, I guess, characteristics in a man. Right. And I found that at 18. <laughs> I found that. And that is honestly where the big black hole started to develop. I was in a manipulative, narcissistic, emotionally abusive, mentally abusive, and even sometimes physically on both of our parts, abusive relationship. And I couldn't get out because I didn't want him to leave. I couldn't allow another man to leave me or mm -hmm. to um, make me feel like I wasn't wanted. Mm -hmm. And I did everything in my power, literally everything, even through being cheated on, being visibly being able to see you're being cheated on, even through all of the horrible situations that I encountered at 18, 19, 20 years old, I needed to prove to people that I can have a man stay in my life. I needed to prove to people that this relationship is going to work and I'm not going to stop until it does work. And it actually did way more harm than good because I was losing friends. Friends couldn't understand why I was working so hard to keep a relationship that obviously was not for me, obviously did not um, value my worth. They didn't understand that the trauma that I had of losing my father so young affected in my early adult age. 
I was losing family members. Family members didn't know who I was anymore. And I didn't care to tell them who I was because I was on a mission. Um, and I want to say that relationship lasted way too long, but it lasted for about seven years. Okay. And I want to say within the fourth year is when I actually started to feel God's tug. I would, I would feel it in the nights where I was crying at home because he didn't come home. I was crying, I was alone. And although I was hurt, I still felt this presence of peace that I couldn't explain because I never really knew the, the correlation to Jesus Christ. Like I never knew that they were three in one. I, didn't, I, I knew there was a God, but when it came to Jesus Christ, that peace that comes, I had no idea. So in that fourth year, I decided to change some things. I decided to, when my ex and I would get into these horrible altercations, I would run to church. Now, I don't know if you know of Stephen Furtick, but mm -hmm. um, Stephen Furtick is the pastor of Elevation Church and oh, okay. uh, Elevation Worship Music. He's yeah. the pastor of that church now. When I was in college, he was just starting. And he had, um, the church was in a YMCA and we had to unfold the chairs <laughs> to sit down. It's crazy how much he's grown now, but <laughs> unfold the chairs to watch his sermons. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to let this argument bring me down today. I'm going to go to church and I would go to church. And right after that service, we would make up and I would not go back to that church for the next two months. <laughs> and it was like this repeated pattern where I knew that if something was wrong, I got to go to church, but I didn't know why I had to go to church. I just felt like I needed to be there. And that pattern honestly went on for a very long time. Um, I want to say about the sixth year um, of me trying so hard to make this relationship worth, even though uh, everyone knew it was not going to work. <laughs> I watched my friend. Um, she's a good friend of mine. Her name is Fasia. I watched her uh, just take off with Christianity. She was doing missionary work. She was going to London and just all these different places. And I always watched from a distance like, wow, like, why is she doing that? Like, what is so strong about mm -hmm. Jesus that she's going, she's paying money. Where's she getting this money from? We're in college. How was this happening? I didn't know at the time that Jesus was providing everything for her to do what she needed to do, but just looking at that. So I was like, I, I need to see what else that's about. So I started talking to her a little bit more like, what, what are you doing? Like, where are you going? What, who are you talking to? Who are you preaching to? What is preaching? And she would always be open to just talk to me and tell me, you know, about it. But I was still so scared to kind of jump into it. I would try to ask him, my ex at the time, like, hey, do you want to go to church with me? I think this could help us. And it was just like a, man, no, I ain't doing all that. So I was like, okay, well, he, if he doesn't want to do it, then I guess it's just not my time. Still just lost and confused. And um, so my seventh year, no, I'm sorry, this is still my sixth year in that relationship when we end up moving from where we lived in, uh, when I was in college in Charlotte to New Jersey. Okay. And I moved to New Jersey and he had a great job and things were looking up like who needs God now? Like I, I proved to everyone we're doing good. We have our daughter. I am thriving. Mm -hmm. I proved to you guys that a man will stay in my life. And now he actually loves me because he gave me a child. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he thinks they love you more when they give you a child. Yeah. So 
were in New York and unfortunately the job that he had stopped. So the money stopped. So the happiness stopped. The joy stopped. Everything literally stopped so much so to where he said he wanted to go and visit family in Florida while me and uh, my daughter were in New Jersey. And as the supportive, I was, we were engaged as a supportive fiance. Yeah, go ahead, get yourself some time. And he never came back. (laughs) And here I am with a one-year-old in a room the size of my desk in front of me right now, no job, no money. And parents looking at me like, what are you going to do? And I he just left down. you like in New Jersey and just, he left, wow. he left, wow. um, you ask him, he'll give you a different story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for those who saw what was going on, I was left in this small room in New Jersey with my parents. And I guess it was easier for him to do that because he knew I had a cushion yeah. in, in terms of my parents, but he didn't understand that my parents are accountable people you if if you're in this situation you got to do what you got to do to get get yourself out they were not going to bail me out of this right so I was always supposed to be the actress of my family I wanted to follow my aunt's footsteps she's an actress in California right now and the goal was before my first daughter was born was that I graduate and I move to California I go live with her until I get my big break and my mom was supposed to be my momager and it was already <laughs> planned out. However, with Ariana coming into the picture, I was so consumed with wanting to have his baby, wanting to show that we're in love and we're going to make this work that I didn't take a step back to think about how all the plans that I had were uh, yeah. not going to work. And I literally remember arguments with my mom saying, you know, you had me and you made it work. I can do this too. I can do this too. So now that he left, I had this eye-opening moment like, I think I need God right now. Mm-hmm. I think I need to, to do something. I didn't know what to do, and which is why I say the Holy Spirit is so supernatural because the, the day that we had a biggest argument because I was begging him to come back, I was literally on the phone begging him, come back. We can make this work. No. He wasn't going to come back. And I dropped down to my knees and I cried and I said, God, please save me. Mm-hmm. Please help me. Please get me out of this situation. I, 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 I know I haven't been listening, but I, I want to listen now. How do I hear you? And I, and I had a notebook. I still have that notebook. I had a notebook and I just started writing. I didn't know how to pray. So mm-hmm. I just started writing and I was like, God, um, I will do whatever you want me to do. I will become a Christian. I will learn who you are. I will find a Bible. I will just literally writing down everything, all these promises that I said I would do if he just helped me get out of this darkness. And after it's been a week, it was a week of me just writing in that little notebook. And I still have all those notes. One morning I woke up like, you know, I think I should go back to acting. Hmm. So I went to act, I went on a, it's called a backstage.com and they give you all these little acting gigs and, 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 um, 
extras gigs and all this stuff. So I just was on there every single day. I was just signing up. And because I was doing that, my mom had no problem of watching, you know, Ariana while I was, I'm going, I got casted for an extra. I got casted for this. I got casted for this. Well, go ahead, go ahead. Cause it was for her dream as well. Right. And after a while, I was like, I don't want to do extras anymore. I want to get an actual part. And I put in for, it was a play called The Hour. At the time, I had no clue what it, The Hour meant. I was like, you know what? They're looking for a 20-year-old um, African-American female with natural hair. I'm in. <laughs> and I got my call back and it ended up being a gospel play. It was a play about the rapture and the hour of the rapture. And I ended up... Um, being the lead role of a gay girl who did not get caught up in the rapture, of course, and a pastor also didn't get called up in the rapture. Mm -hmm. So that play now was the experiences that they were having to figure out how can they get through these tribulations? How can they not take the mark of the beast for the second coming? And in that play, I started learning so much. I was like, wow, this is how what is a rapture? People are going to get taken up. And it just intrigued me so much. And I was, I was like, God, did you bring this play to me? Cause I was doing a whole bunch of extras before, mm -hmm. but the one play that you, you know, you, you, I went out for, I end up getting the lead and you're basically showing me what will happen. If I don't believe on you, I want to believe on you. <laughs> I want to believe on you. And I was still a baby. I still, you know, I didn't get a Bible just yet, but I still like to write in my little journal and through the play, learning different things, different scriptures that were, that was in the play. I would catch on to like, oh, wow, he, his only begotten son, who's his only son? Like things were starting to click for me. So that play was amazing. And the director of a play went to a church in Jersey City called Ocean Avenue Baptist Church. Okay. Flip from my side, Shamor ended up being friends with that director who goes to the same church. So Shamor goes to the church a few times and that same director says, hey, do you want to be in my next play? I was already casted for the next play. The next play, I can't even remember the name I think it was why people hate God or something like that. It was another gospel play. Okay. And he ended up getting, we ended up both getting casted for that play. And we didn't know each other from a can of paint. <laughs> but um, as rehearsals were going on, the director would drive us back and forth because it was an hour away from where we lived in Jersey. And that was where I started to hear Shamor speak. And I was like, wow, he's very intellectual. I don't like him, but he's very intellectual. <laughs> we, had, we had two different, um, we had very different viewpoints, I guess you can say. And we just clashed. And I was like, but I've never heard someone or a man speak as intellectually as he did. And he knew the Bible in ways that I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like um, talking now, now I'm getting into the stage, stage of Israelites and um, the tribes and just all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, there's way more to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, that was a moment of me listening. I guess that was my, the, that season was me listening mm -hmm. and literally just taking everything in. God was literally like guiding me through his 
it seemed like, you know, you're in a museum and you see all these paintings and you're starting to like put dots together and you're mm -hmm. starting to see things. And I feel like everything that I went through prior was setting me up for this museum walk to just mm -hmm. walk, give me a briefing of what it's like into Christianity. And um, fast forward to Shamor and I hating each other to falling in love with each other. <laughs> it felt like a magnet. It felt like God was saying, this is where you need to be right now. This is who you need to be with and watch me work in between the both of you. And I've never felt that magnet before. I've never felt such a pull in my life to where I just was, I gotta go. I gotta follow this, this magnet. I gotta follow who this person is who knows about God so much. Mm -hmm. And um, a funny, a funny uh, little story is that before Shamor and I actually fell in love, I text him a picture of the King James Bible. And I asked him, I said, where do I start? <laughs> and he texts me back what like, oh, you, <laughs> he texts me back like, oh, you want me to marry you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so now, you know, fast forward to where I'm in a relationship to where I really know what love is like. I'm with yeah. a man who understands the standards of how to love a woman because he's into the Bible. He understands yeah. that he is the protector and the provider for me. And what he does is direct, directly under what Jesus is telling him to do. Mm -hmm. So I felt safe all of a sudden. Yeah. I felt protected. I felt loved. I felt the walls that I've put up from being abandoned and the walls that I put up from just not wanting to be hurt again was slowly right. crumbling down through the word of God. It was so many nights where Shamor was literally my therapist and he, he would talk to me about the times where I was angry and the times that I was, that I was just in so much rage. He said, you know, you're just misplacing your anger for what your dad did to you. Mm. But Jesus can help you through that. Jesus right. can cure you. And I was like, I don't know if he can do that. It's so deep rooted. Mm -hmm. And it was many nights of just crying and many nights of him just holding me and, and, and assuring me that he's not going to leave me. That's not what he's called to do. Literally, the, 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 the ability for me to forgive my father, it was starting to reveal itself to me. I said, I didn't even know I can forgive. Hmm. And then it was me learning well, if Jesus forgives us, I don't have a choice. I mean, why not? He's showing me how to do it right now. Yeah. And it just, over the time, over time, I just was learning more and more about the Bible, learning more and more about Jesus. And now I actually know who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. I actually know uh, the standards of what it is to be a Christian woman. Now I'm starting to like this whole new world is being opened up to me. And I just feel so at peace. Like God, you saved me from being one pound, nine ounces to being this healthy woman. No one would ever know that I was a preemie. 
right. who loves you. I didn't know that one would drag, would take me to the next. I had no idea that this moment where you said this baby has to live, this baby has to make it into this world, that I would be dedicating the rest of my life to glorifying you for it. I would be dedicating the rest of my life sharing the goodness of you to other women who could be or could have been in my same predicament. Right. And um, so over time, Shamor and I are just growing together, glowing together. And we just had a moment where we were like, I think God is asking more from us. We've been praying for a long time. God, use us. God, whatever it is, whatever, wherever you need us to go, send us from, um, I can't remember the specific Bible um, verse, but it was in Isaiah. And he just was like, send me. And that was, that season was literally a send us moment. Mm -hmm. And all year we prayed that and we prayed that and different things happened in our life where we're like, okay, no God, you really not, you have to send us. We got to get out of here. <laughs> we got to get out of New Jersey. We got to get us, send us wherever you need us to go. And originally the, um, the location was Florida, going to Florida, close to my parents, help with babysitting, but we didn't have church connection there. People, I, I don't want to say like, we didn't have family there. And what I mean family is we didn't have brothers and sisters in Christ there. Right. So we were like, okay, well maybe we can make some, you know, maybe we can try to form some relationships, but nothing seemed to work. Florida was just becoming so distant. And one day we prayed and we fasted, we fasted for weeks, prayed for weeks, prayed for, for a very long time. And we we're at the park with our kids. And I said, if there's any place in the world you want to be, where do you, where do you want to go? And we're just naming Colorado, mm -hmm. um, Las Vegas, <laughs> and a whole bunch of different places. And out of nowhere, I just was like Dallas. And I had never been to Texas a day in my life. <laughs> and I was like, Dallas. And he's like, Dallas Theological Seminary. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> what are you talking about? And he's like, that's the school I really want to go to. Because um, he's he was in school at the time. He still is. But he was he's going to Liberty University. He's like, that's the school I want to go to. That's where I want to get my master's and my doctorate. And I'm like, all right, well, then let's see what, what, what's happening in Dallas. Yeah. So that very night, this is October of 2020. This is the second week of October. That very night we go on the computer and I'm just like Dexter's laboratory. I'm <laughs> everywhere. I'm where's the best schools? Where's the best hospital? Where's the best neighborhood? Where's the best anything? Cause now I'm, I'm in this situation, but now I want to go to the best. I want to go where I can uh, meet family in Christ. I can meet different people. I can be myself. I can talk about God and not feel ashamed about it. Texas is the only place I can. <laughs> and, um, and we found Frisco and we found us, we, we found the school first. I said, I'm going to find the best school first. And then I'll live in that area. Lord willing, you allow me to be able to afford it. Yeah. And, um, we found Shawnee trail. And from there we found the apartment. Um, we found the hospital and we were like, okay, let's just go visit. And because of COVID, the tickets to go out to Texas were $35. I said, God, you really want us to get out here, huh? You really want us to go. So this is now the third week of October. 
and we fly out for the weekend we come we only apply to this apartment that you're seeing right here uh -huh. we only apply to this one because we were like god if you don't allow it to work that's our message to know that it's not meant for us to go uh -huh. and we applied here and um, we went to the Dallas Zoo. We had a really good time. And when we were driving back to the hotel, we were like, I don't know if I want to go home. Let's just stay in the hotel. A lot of people send our stuff to us. But we were like, no, we got to go. We have to, because Ariana was in school at the time. And um, so we flew back. And it was crazy because flying back, we ended up preaching the gospel to someone on the plane, just completely random. And um, I'm happy to say that Jesus has saved her life. She gave her life to Christ on the plane. But when we took our phones off of airplane mode, both of us had a voicemail saying that we were approved for the apartment. Mm -hmm. And we just, I cried. I'm an emotional being. I yeah. cried my eyes out because I was like, God, this is you, 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 you're doing something right now and you're doing it exponentially. Like, it's just like, boom, 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 boom. I didn't, I'm not, I don't have a break right now on how much you're blessing me. And I, yeah. if you make this trip uh, a smooth trip, I'm going to put everything I have into doing something. I didn't know what it was at the time, but everything I have into doing something to glorify you. Just, I, I, I don't want to stop now. I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a spiritual high right now. <laughs> and um, so when we got back now, this is the fourth week of October and we find a moving company. We pack up our stuff in literally two days. Um, unfortunately our car was stolen, which is why one of the reasons why we wanted to leave as well. But we were like, let's just buy a new one when we get out there. <laughs> we're just like, let's just do it. Let's, Let's just keep it going. Let's keep it going. And um, literally we ran into no speed bumps. Nothing mm -hmm. hindered this trip at all. And we got here and we had no furniture for about a month, but we were here and mm -hmm. we, we were like, okay, God, we're here. What do, what do you want us to do now? YouTube? Okay, let's start our YouTube. So we started More of Lex and um, More of Lex was geared to be a couples channel where we just talk about marriage and Shamor and I are silly and we're goofy <laughs> things. And we just do things that are funny because we want people to understand that Christianity is not about, you know, just being um, this perfect person because nobody's perfect, but there yeah, is, yeah. there is love, there is comedy, there is, you know, there's fun in being a Christian. And we wanted to bring that to people, the fun side of being a Christian. So we're like, okay, God, we're doing it. Let's, yeah. let's, let's keep it going. And, and then there came a point where we're like, we, I think we need to do more. Mm -hmm. I think we need to do more. And then that's when, um, Shamor said, you know what? I'm going to start my own online ministry as well. Thank you, Jesus. You're doing it. You're doing it. And, and I said, we, if, if we're going to be blessed like this, God is not just about what he can give to us, what we can get from him. The, the, the grace in being a Christian and the love of being a Christian is what we can also show our love for him as well show our, 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 our appreciation, show him that we don't take him for granted. We're not going to hesitate in doing anything to glorify you because you didn't hesitate to go on the cross for me. Mm 
So that's just how we just decided to live our life. And now he has his own um, Exalted Truth is his YouTube channel. And then from more of Lex, I said, Shamar, I think I need to go deeper. I think I need to go deeper. He's like, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, if you're on this mission to, to be a pastor, maybe I should have a woman's ministry in that church. Mm-hmm. But I think I should start it now. Yeah. And he was like, well, do it. I was like, well, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do it. What, do I, what am I supposed to do? And he, of course, he gives me that answer that everyone gives you, but you don't really want to hear it, but you know, it's the, the, the smartest answer. He said, go pray about it. Yeah. And I went and I went and go pray about it. And as I was praying, different um, names kept distracting my prayers. So I was like, all right, let me just write it down and then continue to pray. Yeah. <laughs> let me write the name and then continue to pray. And I said in my prayer, God, I want to glow for you. I want people to see this radiating off of me. And I want people to ask me, why am I glowing? Mm -hmm. And that was the birth of She Glows Ministry. That was the birth of why I decided to put everything that I have, my whole heart, my whole everything into um, fostering a community where other women want to glow just the same. And if they're already glowing, we can have um, a community where we can glow together and grow together and, and just be vulnerable with each other. Talk about what it's like to deal with anxiety, what it's like to deal with depression, heartbreak, daddy issues, literally everything that women and mothers go through, this is the community where you can be vulnerable and not feel judged about it. Because I always thought that I would feel judged about talking about my issues, my abandonment issues, my issues of when I decided to chase my heart, chase after a man rather than chase God. Those times are the most vulnerable times in our lives. And if we bottle them up, if we keep them, you know, inside of us, we'll never grow. Mm -hmm. And if we do grow, we'll grow into more darkness than into the light. Mm -hmm. So this community, She Glows for Christ is literally um, the driving force of helping women overcome their, their issues on biblical principle. Not through prosperity, not through if you believe in God, if you have a little faith, you'll be okay. No, this is through what does God say about you? How has God's character revealed himself Mm -hmm. in the situations in the Bible? And how does his character make you feel now? How does his love give you the understanding that regardless of what situation you're dealing with, regardless of how intense your anxiety is, who is God? all powerful who is god almighty king of kings lord of lords and you are his daughter Mm -hmm. he is bigger than any issue any situation that you're encountering and when you run to him and when you crawl to him when you cry to him when you pray to him you will be okay Mm -hmm. and that's the basis of she glows ministry just to glow Mm -hmm. in christ i know i'm a talker yeah. I know I, I probably it. said a lot. I don't even I know where I'm anymore for that. No, but I love it all because it. yes, and everything you're saying is like spot on. Like I feel like 
you know, yes, we're going to have trials and tribulations and we're going to experience things. But like you said, God is all powerful, all knowing, almighty creator of everything. And he created each and every one of us for a purpose and for a goal. And we're sinners though, and we have free will. So we make mistakes and we may go down the wrong path, but God is always there waiting with open arms saying, come back, come back this way. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It's like the parable of the lost sheep. And all of us were once that one that he is seeked after. And he will continue to do that. And he will not let you fall. And I've, through talking out my testimony, the amount of times where I could have fell, where I could have denounced him, where I could have ran to another religion, where I could have just continued the pattern of going after men who did not value my worth. Yeah. He didn't allow it to happen. Hmm. And I know for a fact that there are women out there who need to hear that, who need yeah. to know that God loves you. Hmm. It doesn't matter how, how many times you sinned, how, how, how deep your sin was when you repent and when you believe on Jesus Christ and when you know that he died on the cross for you, you are forgiven. Right. And that's a transformation right there. That's where you can be transformed, but you got to allow them to come in for you to transform. Yeah. It makes me think of the, the BBS songs that we do every year. There's always the ABC song, the A, admit to God that you're a sinner and repent. B, believe wow. that Jesus is the son of God. And C, confess your faith and Jesus, our creator and Lord. It's like, that's it. I got to teach that to Ariana. <laughs> I'm quite a thought because as I'm saying it, it's in my head, like singing it. I'm like, Lauren, don't sing it right now. You don't want to sing it. But I will try. <laughs> I said the words, <laughs> but yeah. And it's, you know, that's, that's it. That's how, you know, it's that childlike faith. That's so easy. I think as adults, we, we overcomplicate it. We make it so much harder than it really is. And, you know, people sometimes don't want to go to church because of what they're thinking, their you know, I I don't have the nicest clothes or they're going to judge me as soon as I walk in the door and look at all these perfect people that don't deal with addiction and porn and who knows the other, you know, sins that people are dealing with, but we're sinners. We're a church full of sinners. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. We go for community. We go to be invested in the word and to be with other people so we can all, you know, continue to follow God together. And carry each other you know there was there was this saying that I saw that I thought was so perfect the church is a hospital for sinners not a museum for saints oh I like that is this is the place where we come to heal Mm -hmm. this is the place where we we come to learn you're always going to we have to a lot of people and that's how church hurt um, comes about because a lot of people have this um, thought process that when you go to the church, you're supposed to be surrounded by perfect people who's supposed to be these loving, kind, Jesus image, you know, people, although that should be the case, mm-hmm. there are bad people everywhere. Right. There are broken people everywhere. And you know, that saying hurt people, hurt people, mm-hmm. hurt people is in the church. That's where you may end up getting hurt the most. Yeah. But when you focus on just your relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. when you focus on the growth in your intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, you can now put yourself in the position 
to pray for those hurt people, right. to be in a position to open yourself up to, to help that hurt person when they come around. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times when we get hurt by people in the church, oh no, I'm not going back to that church. I don't even, I don't think I know yeah. I'm not doing it. That's why I don't like Christianity because all those people are hypocrites. Yeah, well, we are. That's why we need Jesus. <laughs> yes. We need absolutely. Jesus. <laughs> mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, that's so spot on. Um, and it makes me think too, like when, when we are hurt in the church or things like that happen, it's, I think whenever we're, we take things very personally, at least I do, let me speak for myself. I take things personally and it's kind of taking that step back and being like, you know what? just focus on you. It's the same thing. Like I tell my kids, like Clark, why are you screaming at your brother? Well, he did. No, 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 no. Why are you screaming? You're the only one that's in control of your reaction to stuff. So whenever we're in the word and we're focusing on God, focusing on Jesus and who he says he is, then it's almost like all of that other noise just kind of disappears. It's, yeah. We don't really care necessarily what other people think about us because all we care about is what he thinks of us. Amen. You know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's honestly the key. Worry about what Jesus thinks about you. Worry about that love that you have for Christ and anyone that's in the church that hurts you or um, destroyed you in any way, the closer your relationship with God, the closer your relationship is, you will have that understanding that you can forgive them. Mm-hmm. You can well, that's what he says too. And that, you know, he says in the Lord's prayer, like mm -hmm. right after all of that, he says, forgive those yeah. just like I, you know, I've forgiven yeah. you. And if, and you think about that, it's like, how many times, you know, he's our father. How many times do we, you know, fail every single day? And he's constantly forgiving us, you know, we oh, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> you know? It's like, I'm constantly like at the end of the day, as I'm laying down, oh, man, God, I'm so sorry, whatever I, you know, did this or did that or did whatever. And please forgive me. And, and he does. It's yeah. And that's why a human cannot be God because right. we don't have that ability. He yeah. has abilities beyond all understanding. And I think a lot of times too, when people try to understand God in a way where they, they, they want to understand things that he hasn't even revealed to us, yeah. you can put yourself in a, a bad situation. Mm -hmm. What he wants you to understand is what he has given us. Absolutely. Anything else? So, mm -hmm. <laughs> Don't There's worry so about many times. Yes. In Bible studies, I get frustrated sometimes because people are like, well, what do you think he means here? And it's like, it doesn't matter. This is what he said. It's right here in the word. Like, let's stop. He said what he said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All the details of everything because we don't have to know everything. Like, yeah. just, yeah. and that's where <laughs> we as a society too, like we have this ego that we need to know it all. We need to strive for it all. We need to, you know, it, it, what, what do you mean? I, I, I don't know that. I'm going to research it. I'm going to find the answer. And, you know, we glorify knowledge, yeah. but kind of, it reminds me of the, the yep. sermon this past Sunday yep. about wisdom. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's exactly like, it. That's yeah. exactly it. We put so much emphasis on knowledge that we lack wisdom and that yeah. knowledge is, is useless. Yeah. If you're not wise enough to correctly use it. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like, I, um, I also, this past month, I'm actually reading two books. 
in the Bible because <clears throat> I have um, self-diagnosed ADD and I can't not read one thing at a time. Yeah. I'm everywhere. So I wanted to truly understand Proverbs. I wanted okay. to, 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 to learn about wisdom because I've been praying for it. I've been praying for it for a very long time. And that's another thing. We pray for a lot of things that the Bible can easily give to us if we open it. Praying for wisdom when I could have just read Proverbs yeah. for a long time. So I've been um, really doing a deep study on acquiring wisdom, understanding what wisdom is, um, how to hold on to wisdom, how to use your wisdom. So I think that when society actually realizes that wisdom is way more valuable than knowledge, mm -hmm. we'd, we'd be a better, we'd be in a better place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That sermon yesterday was so good talking about all that. And isn't it funny whenever it, it's, I always find like, if I'm researching something or like reading in the Bible for something and then something will stand out no matter, like if it's about stop worrying, let's say, and then next day I see something else. It's also like, Hey, you need to stop worrying. And then I go to church on Sunday and what are they preaching about? Stop worrying. It's like, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> right? And that sounds like what it was for the wisdom for you. Like yesterday yeah. was such a powerful, or not yesterday on Sunday yeah. about wisdom. And then here you are, you know, yeah. reading all about this. So, mm -hmm. and yeah. Joe. Yes. Proverbs and Job. Is yes. Right oh, Job's, Job's a good one. That's do you at. listen to any of the Bible recap? Um, is, is that from the, 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 uh, it's like Paralee Cobble, um, D group, or there's like this whole Bible study that you can go with it too, but it's, um, podcast. And then I think you can probably access it through YouTube and all that stuff too, but they're like five minute clips that mm -hmm. it's a whole year long reading plan of reading the Bible, um, in time order versus cover to cover. So mm -hmm. you start with a little bit of Genesis and then you hop into Job and then you go back to Genesis. Oh, but wow. Every podcast is then like a five minute recap with um, like theology and all mm -hmm. sorts of really cool details and facts. And oh, you would love it. I definitely have to check that out. But right now, currently, I'm conducting a mini uh, Bible study series on my Instagram account. Um, where I am posting, I actually have another video coming out on Thursday at six o'clock where I'm discussing chapter two. Um, I've discussed chapter one already last week. And Job. right now I, of Job, right now I just read, pray, and Shamora has access to all those books that we can't, you know, use yeah. or see unless you go to the school. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've been using him and his, um, resources as the theological way to understanding um job i feel like us as women we need to have a theological background we need to understand exactly the true context of the bible because us as women no offense women please don't feel offended but we are easily uh manipulated we can see that in eve <laughs> we easily have the potential to just go along with whatever commentary or whatever we hear. I mean, hence prosperity gospel right now. Um, so I feel like as women and as the, the wisdom where, you know, we are in direct correlation of wisdom, as God puts it, wisdom is a woman. We need to be wise enough to understand both 
theological and um, I don't want to say the prosperity. I don't, we shouldn't, we don't need a prosperity, but we do need to have a solid background of what true biblical doctrine is. We need to be able to defend our faith. We need to be able to um, be apologists as women. We need to be able to do that. We can't just continue to have conversations about how God has blessed us and we're blessed and highly favored. Okay, but mm -hmm. how can you how can you defend God right now if someone was to say, no, denounce your, your faith? Right. Yeah. Are you strong enough to do that? Mm -hmm. We need that. You need to listen to uh, another, all these things keep popping in my brain. Um, Jenny yeah. Allen, she does If Gathering, but she had a, I think oh, it's on. I follow uh, her. Yeah, it's on Right Now Media too, but she had a little snippet on her podcast of Pastor X, where he is in Iran and there are 1 million estimated Iranian Christians. Now they're doing this whole underground church under there. And there is just a movement happening. And he's like, I don't understand the disconnect of the United States versus this. When, you know, we, we are, we are abundant with churches. We have churches everywhere, but yet we are also timid and we are also quiet. And it's probably because we are comfortable and we don't have a gun to our heads and what do you believe in? You know, it's have baby bottles and pacifiers in our yep. mouth right now. Yep. I, I literally was just having a conversation with someone about that. I said, um, when you think about what's actually happening in the world outside of, of America, there is so much happening around us that we would not survive. If we're even put in a position where there's no Starbucks, <laughs> we're crumbling, <laughs> we're done. Yeah. So it's just like, like I said before, and you know, mainly a part of She Glows is to stand on true biblical doctrine because when it does come to America, when, it, when the time co does come to where we will lose our religious freedoms or we'll all have to conform into one way or, you know, they'll take away our churches. They'll take, I mean, we almost seen, you know, it happened this year with us not being able to go to church. When that happens, are we strong enough to speak out loud? Are we strong enough to do underground churches? Or are we going to say, you know, it's too scary. I don't want to be involved in that. I don't want to uh, be in a position where I can get killed. We need to be ready for when that, and even if it doesn't happen with us, we're raising the next generation to where we have to prepare them as well. We can't prepare these kids to only believing that God is here to bless them and God is yes. here to give them what they need and give them financial stability and take away, you know, whatever diseases, because you have to still be able to worship him, even if he doesn't. Yeah. Okay. We're not even if, <laughs> mm -hmm. even if he doesn't provide, even if he doesn't answer our prayers right that moment, yeah. even if we're faced with persecution and death, even if like, Amen. absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I know it's, ah, I love talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> this morning, I got all sorts of thoughts happening in my brain. I'm like, sort them. I don't know what to say next. <laughs> like there's just so much overload. It's, so much, it's organic it. though. I like the I organic because there was a few things I wanted to say. I have no clue what it was now, but I just love how the Holy Spirit is just working 
right now. And I feel like between the both of us, this is not anything that we're saying is not because we want to say it or because we want to say it to sound good or look good. What we're saying right now is strictly what the Holy Spirit has a message for someone else right now. And whoever it is, God bless. But um, we just have to be strong women. Yeah. With a nice glow. <laughs> you are glowing too. You are beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So you started the She Glows um, ministry. Can you share, how can people find your website? Okay. So uh, the website is sheglowsministry.org, but I am on both Instagram and Facebook. Instagram, more of Lex, M-O-I-R of Lex. That is Shamor's name and my name uh-huh. together. And in my bio, I have a link that will direct you straight to it. And my Facebook, Alexia Griffin, I literally post every day, well, Monday through Friday. And um, I always tag my website link there. Um, and those are the main ways right now. If God puts it on my heart for another opportunity or another way, um, then I will definitely share that with you. But yeah. right now I have my Facebook, my Instagram, and my YouTube channel. YouTube is also more of Lex, M-O-I-R of Lex. I actually have a giveaway um, oh. coming up. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I will be doing giveaways every month. Um, so anyway. you can find me anywhere. Anyway, <laughs> okay, I do want to back up for a second. How did, because we didn't quite share this, but I do want to share how we met each other because you moved to Texas then and you were searching for a church. And I remember um, because this was still, you know, a little bit of COVID season and stuff too, we had our, you know, virtual meeting as well as in person. And we were driving in the car, going out of town. And I was like, you know what, let's pull up life group on the phone. I'm going to sit here in the car and y'all come walking in. I was like, Ooh, new people. Who's <laughs> and then y'all just shared y'all. Like, I just loved it because I think sometimes when people get into new groups or whatever, everyone's kind of quiet and timid and y'all were both just you could tell that you were on fire for the Lord and y'all were just sharing and talking. And I was like, Ooh, I can't wait to meet these people, but we're going to be out of town now for a while. And then I finally got to meet you face to face. But how did you find our church that we go to? Okay. So that was one of the things that I said, I should have said <laughs> the story is so long. Okay. So we have been in the house cooped up for so long. Um, our home church in New Jersey, um, New Jersey is worse than Texas when it comes to COVID. So they still have yet open. We've been doing, um, we're actually, uh, we run the media ministry at our old church. So we put out the, um, the pod, not the podcast, the Facebook live for every Sunday. And we just been doing it virtual for so long. And we got out here and I was like, Shamor, I can't do this anymore. I, I need to talk to people. Um, I was already in a position to where I didn't mention this before. I was already in a position where I was becoming alone in terms of women interaction because there wasn't many women that I know of that shared my same doctrine that, um, was Christian family. I was losing people left and right. I am a part of a really good women's group, but that's also through messages. There was nothing like tangible that I can hold and talk to. So I was like, Shamor, I can't 
he was like, well, go search. And I was like, fine. And I put in churches near me. Yeah. Good old <laughs> Google. We saw our uh, first fresco and he was like, okay, well, I don't want to just go anywhere. Let's watch it online. So we watched about three sermons online first. The first one we watched, Shamor was like, I like him. Shamor is a, a teaching guy. He loves sermons that teach rather than make you like if you don't feel conviction when you leave the church yeah. something ain't right <laughs> so he was like okay let's do another one so I was like okay we'll watch another one and he was like I like him what's his name Chuck okay we're gonna watch another one watch another one I was like Shamar I don't want to do this one anymore either like I, I can we go and he was like all right let's go and it just so happened to be Easter so we went in the most crowdest <laughs> Proudest day ever. And we're like, we hope they don't think we're those that just come on Easter for reason. <laughs> we really just ended up getting sick of it and it just so happened to be Easter weekend. Yeah. So we ended up going and yet again, great sermon. Absolutely loved it. Um, the only thing I was battling, transparency. Am I able to be transparent? Absolutely. Okay. For sure. The only thing I was battling is that the worship the way we worship is like night and day. Okay. So where I come from, we worship, we sing, we move, we, we, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're stomping on hell right now. We're just having a good time. And um, also the, the songs, the tempo of the songs is a little different for me as well. Mm -hmm. So I found myself before I went to the life group, I found myself like trying to find a church that has the, the worship segment that I like mm -hmm. and listen to the sermon at first Frisco. Yeah. <laughs> and Shamora was like, you're doing too much. You're never going to find um, the perfect church. Mm -hmm. But if you are to choose anything, you need to choose the sermon over the music. And I said, I know. I just wanted to see if I could try. Uh -huh. But um, so my spirit was like, the sermons are great. Let's just see what the life group is about. So we ended up going to the life group and I remember seeing you on, you had longer hair at the time. And I was like, who is this fashionista with this long blonde hair in the car? She's like, you know, I'm not there, but I'm here. Get my coffee. Okay? And, um, and we, when we got in there and we just, we didn't know what the life group was. We didn't know it was going to be like a Bible study. We just thought it was just going to be a bunch of people just talking before church. But when we realized it was a Bible study every morning and we get to talk about, you know, God in its correct context, we're like, you want to go again next week? Yeah. All right, let's go again. So we go again and, and it just, the, 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 the vibe in there of people who just welcomed us and just made us feel the, the people you are the people that made us just feel welcomed and just we didn't feel like it was like a forced type of friendship oh no people let's let's grab them let's let's make them stay here at this church let's be friends with them let's grab them let's you know do whatever we can to hold on to them it was very um organic and it was very freeing and it was I was surrounding myself finally with people who I can be myself around. I didn't have to put up a wall because you may not like certain aspects of me because I know I'm not for everyone. But with you guys, 
I just felt like I can be open. I can be free. I can talk. I'm in a new state. Why not? Don't start off on a, on a, on a, on a wave where you already hold back to now, mm-hmm. if it comes out later, they're like, well, who is this person? No, you're going to get all of me right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that I had the ability to do that. And then when you came up to me and your spirit was just like, hi, hey. <laughs> I was like, she's just like me, because I like that too. (laughs) And I remember there was one time, I can't remember exactly what it was, but we were talking about Matthew and the way you explained something. This was kind of before we actually started texting. I came home and Shamor said, Lauren knows the Bible. I think you guys are going to be friends. And I said, yeah, I don't know though. You know, we're still new and you know, I don't I don't know. I don't want to, you know, force myself on anyone. <laughs> but then right after that, like you text me about the podcast and this and that and I was like, "Shamor, I think it's happening. I think I'm getting a friend." <laughs> I think I'm getting a friend who knows the Bible like me and who wants to do things like me. I think I'm finding my my opposite twin. Yes. <laughs> and um and it's just been amazing ever since. And then every time I turn around, you guys have something going on. Like where we uh came from, we weren't really doing anything. So we just we just, you know, we did our own thing, but with you guys, you're like, oh, we, we got camp in here and, you know, we, we, we're going to, 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 to lunch here and we're doing this here. You want to come to coffee? Going to coffee? Going to a dinner? A dinner? We've yes. never, we're just like our eyes are like this right now in Texas. Yeah. Our eyes are wide open and we're just so happy that God has brought us here because I don't know what would have happened if we didn't listen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what would have happened if we weren't obedient and I'm I'm seeing the blessings in being obedient and I don't want it to stop (laughs) I am so glad that you're here too I am so glad that God placed you here I it's amazing when you look back and you just see his hands just over everything you know and Mm -hmm. there is absolutely a reason that you are here and you're in Frisco and that you just so happened to go through FBC and just so happened to be in the same life group together because like you said, we're like sisters from another mister. I like, where is so much like similarities and I am just rooting you on and cheering you on and with your ministry. And I am just so proud of you and so excited to see where everything is just going to take you. And you have a beautiful soul, both inside and out. And I just love how you are glowing for God. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Same for you. Same for you. I feel like we need for every, you know, hundreds of people who are preaching, you know, demonic things, we need even more thousands of women mm-hmm. with ministries. If if I can even help other women create their, their ministries, because we need more of us. We need more people willing to stand on biblical doctrine. We need more people willing to be bold and to be confident. And I was never, I was always very timid of talking about God because I didn't want people to think, oh, well, you know, you just, you, you're pretty new. You know, you mm-hmm. just got saved. You know what, who's going to really listen to you? Mm-hmm. And they ought to understand that they're not listening to me yeah. because it's nothing that I'm saying that can help you. I don't have the power to do anything, mm-hmm. but what's happening through me 
and what you can visibly see what's happening through me, that's all God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't claim that. That's Jesus right there. And you can have some Mm -hmm. if you just open up, open up. So (laughs) Okay, so to wrap this up, I asked our guests um, the same three questions. What are you reading? What are you loving? And what is making you laugh? So what are you reading right now? Okay, so I am currently reading two books. I'm reading, um, let me get the name of it. I got it from a dear friend, a very dear friend. It is called, I don't have enough faith to be an atheist (laughs) by Frank Turek. So I read that at night. And in the morning I am reading The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Ooh, by Mark John Mark Comer really good it's honestly like reading a sitcom that's how funny it is and it's a lot of this information is common sense that you don't realize is common until you read it okay love this so I mean those two books one in the morning one at night and what's the next question what is making you laugh you No. Um, right now, what is making me laugh is I've jumped into the realm of doing the TikToks with yes. my husband. <laughs> that last one you posted. Oh my goodness. That one made me laugh. The ride or die. <laughs> so right now, just spending the quality time doing TikToks with my husband right now is literally we're holding our belly laughing type yeah. of laughter so that's making me laugh right now what was the last question and what are you loving I am right now I'm loving honestly if I'm gonna be honest I'm loving food a little too much right now and it's showing <laughs> but no right now I'm honestly just loving getting up every day and starting or doing something for God. If it's, I'm writing my blog, if I'm recording my YouTube, if I'm, you know, doing things to grow the ministry, I literally, I feel fulfilled finally from going from a job where there was no fulfillment. I was just waking up, going, coming home, going to sleep. Now, sometimes I can't even sleep because I'm too busy thinking about what I can do for God, what I can say, what I can, you know, put together. And I love it. This, this, this is now I'm finally walking into something that I truly love. I love it. So I'm going to throw a little twist and one more final question. If someone is experiencing like a relationship that you were talking about earlier, the, you know, abusive kind of uh, narcissistic relationship, what would you, if you could reach into her and grab her by the face and tell her something, what would you say to her? I honestly think about this all the time because I, I try to think about what I could have said to myself. And what I could have said to myself is that you are worth more than this. And there is someone who loves you way more than you can imagine. And although it sounds cliche, Jesus Christ will show you what true love is and it's gonna hurt it's going to hurt something serious but going through that hurt is what provides you with growth what provides you with understanding and knowledge of who you are and what you will accept and all I would say is just love yourself love God know your value you are the prize you are 
what anyone should be seeking after. You don't seek after them, Mm -hmm. especially if they don't treat you how you're supposed to be treated. Let it go, sis. Yes. That's beautiful. No, that's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no one that can love you. I mean, well, like God, first off, but he, to kind of go off of that, it makes me think about how as women sometimes, Kenny probably felt the same way whenever you were saying you wanted to kind of prove everyone wrong, that you can keep a guy. And, and sometimes we find our worth in the guy, right. Or we're banking on this relationship working and, and, you know, I can't do anything because I need this guy here. Um, or flip that a father, you know, like you were talking about a father figure, but we have that in God. We have the perfect father who loves us unconditionally. And when we love him right back and turn to him, it, it changes everything. And it changes how you value yourself and how you treat yourself and how you treat others as well. So, yeah. And it changes the men that you surround yourself with. Yeah. Because for so long, I surrounded myself with men who didn't know God. So if they didn't know God, of course, they don't know the standards of how to treat me. They don't know the standards of how to love me. So when I started to put myself in a position where I'm around people who love God in terms of the gospel plays, Mm -hmm. and I heard Shamor, a whole new world has been opened up to me. But you just have to be ready to go through that hurt. And sometimes going through that hurt is what, you know, turns people off. No, I'd rather just deal with this version of hurt because leaving will hurt even more. But the benefits after that hurt is far more greater than what you're dealing with if you stay. (laughs) So... Well, Alexia, thank you so much. Thank you for thank you for having in your heart, sharing all. I love you so much. And I'm so <laughs> glad that you're here. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This was great. I've never done this, so this is great. <laughs> First time with Lauren. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I gotta put you on some of my worship music. Yeah. I gotta like, hear some of it. <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Thank you for listening to the Go and Tell podcast with Lauren Gracie. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, comment, leave a review, and share with your friends. Music was created for the show by Matt Bowen, and I'm your host, Lauren Gracie. I'll be back here next week with another great conversation. Thanks for listening today, friends.